Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of news. It's watch list season. We've got a few Badgers that were named to their respective positions um, for those lists, so we'll talk about a little bit of that. Half talks of Milwaukee Bucks. We're both Milwaukee Bucks fans on this podcast, and with them being NBA champions, we'll discuss that a little bit and also tie that into an interesting Badger conversation about what it's going to take for Wisconsin maybe possibly get over that hump. I know there's been a lot of heartbreak in Wisconsin sports, so hopefully uh, the Badgers can get to that place, whether it be a Big Ten title, maybe down the road a national championship. We'll keep our fingers crossed. We'll have that conversation. Um, And then in the back half of the show, we have an interview with 2022 safety commit Austin Brown. He joined the show, talked about his strengths, um, some things he's working on, his experience uh, with his visit in Madison uh, and with Jim Leonard. Uh, we just got done recording that, recorded it before this part, and I will say um, I think you guys will really enjoy listening to him. Very well-spoken kid, and I think he's going to be a really exciting to bat, uh, an exciting Badger to watch in the future of his career. So it should be a fun and uh, exciting episode for you guys to listen to send you into the weekend. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing phenomenal. Yeah, that Bucks game really just was you know, just a sense of euphoria because it was so exciting to see uh, a team you've grown up watching for so long who, you know, really, I mean, there was the big dog in Ray Allen years um, when I was, you know, younger, but but really that they've been kind of that middling 8-9 seed for so long, and to see them get over that precipice was, was so awesome, and um, I was so excited about everything last night, and it definitely made for a tiring day today, though. How are you doing? Yeah, I would be in the same boat. Uh, certainly lagging a little bit this morning, and even into today, I was like, man, it's only 5 o'clock uh, when we were hopping on. I had to mix up a little energy drink to, to spark me back up a little bit, but it was worth it, you know, to stay up and, and just watch um, a franchise that is, has been through so much is is pretty crazy. I mean, we, I was, we were talking about it off-air before, you know, the 15-win season, uh, it seemed like this franchise was destined to to possibly be relocated back to Seattle to to go from that and the really down and, and dark years to uh, of course Giannis and Chris Middleton and building that up and and going all in for a new stadium and and a, a super max contract for Giannis and it all working out with an NBA championship is is pretty incredible so a lot of fun to watch that but like you said certainly lagging a little bit this morning but well. Hop into a little bit more Bucks conversation to, and tie that in with the Wisconsin in a little bit. But before we get to that, we've, we've got some news. It's officially watch list season. That means college football is getting closer and closer. Um, for the watch list, the each position starting to get some named. I know the latest one was Jalen Berger getting named to the Doak Walker Award list. We also had um, Graham Mertz to the O'Brien watch list and Sanborn to the Ben Derrick watch list for the top linebackers. So um, I guess with those three, I know watch lists, at the end of the day, do they mean that much? No. I mean, I was writing up a thing for Berger. I believe there was him and, and 85 other guys on the list. So 
I, I guess you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but given um, you know where each of those guys are at, I don't think it's all that surprising that these three names were uh, named to those lists, and it still shows a certain number of respect. It's better to be on those lists than off of it because it means you're clearly respected as a player and, and on some people's radar. So what did you make of, of those three being named to those respective lists? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, and it's definitely one of those things where there's a lot of players that are kind of thrown into these buckets to have an opportunity. Um, I think Berger, you look at it, um, kind of starting there, um, that's an award that the Badgers have just mopped up a lot. You look at that award's been around since 1990, and the Badgers have had JT win it. They've had Dane win it. They've had Monte Ball win it. You've got Melvin Gordon going crazy in 2014 winning it. So, I mean, that's that's not an award that Wisconsin has isn't is unfamiliar to. But then you look at the Davey O'Brien Award, <coughs> excuse me, and you look at that one and Mertz just being in, in consideration, I think, is pretty cool when you consider the fact that Wisconsin hasn't been anywhere near that award. Uh, Russell Wilson was probably the only one that's been somewhat close, and, and still, I mean, it took um, he he was in consideration as a finalist, but didn't get it. And, um, you know, I don't, I think most of Mertz being included has to do with the fact that you've got a, a large sample size of different players, as well as, you know, recruiting pedigree. The two top guys that are probably in consideration right now are going to be Spencer Rattler and, and Sam Howell, two guys he was, you know, neck and neck with for the number one quarterback spot in the country during that 2019 class. So I think mostly pedigree that he's being included there. Um, but I do think he's going to make a nice step. But then Sanborn, he's, he's a realistic possibility for that award if he has a um, huge season. Um, you know, the Bednarik Award is a really, really big award for the top defensive player. Big Ten linebackers have, have done really well at their, um, you know, not as much here the past couple seasons, but um, you look at it, usually it's an, either an edge guy, a lockdown corner, or you're going to have a, a really talented linebacker. I think Sanborn, if he has a really good year, could be, um, you know, in the thick of things late in the season. But um, I, I'm, I think overall this is a really exciting thing for all of them, especially when you look at how young Mertz and Berger are out. Yeah, I think sometimes that gets a little bit overshadowed when you think about it. these guys are still pretty young. I mean, last year before Jack Cohn went down and, and transferred, you, you didn't even know if you were going to see Graham Mertz at that part of the season. And, and now he's the, the following year, you know, being named to a watch list like that. Is, is pretty cool. And Jalen Berger, of course, you, you come to Wisconsin to be part of that Doak Walker you know, run that they've been on, and Jalen Berger has all the tools in his bag to, to certainly do that. I know a lot, this past year was a weird year, you know, him only having 60 carries, but it was a weird year for everybody. I don't know how much you can really take from last year, but you certainly saw flashes of Jalen Berger that made you say, okay, this kid could be something special. I mean, 6.5 yards per carry um, is pretty – is pretty good, and I think you could see him as he gets a bigger role, continue to take on um, you know more carries, and of course the stats start to stack up a little bit. Uh, like you mentioned, I think with Sanborn, if you were putting money on on which of the three um, were, were possibly going to bring home that award, I think Sanborn would be your heavy favorite coming in. Um, Merch probably the longest shot, but it's certainly he's got the capabilities. I know you mentioned the recruiting parts. You, you look at guys like Spencer Rattler and uh, and Sam Howell. Those are two guys that he was recruited neck and neck with, and those guys have went on to, to really strong careers. Um, and, and, you know, like, like Spencer Rattler making money hand over fist with this new NIL deal and, and the Heisman favorite. So 
if Graham Mertz can can move up and, and be part of that group in that class is certainly uh, would be a welcome sign and pe- maybe keep him on the, in the conversation a little bit. But again, it's a watch list. How much you take from it doesn't really doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but it's still a cool consideration and it shows that these guys are are on the radar and maybe possibly um, can can make that at least that cut down list later in the season. I think if these three. Um, have the seasons that you think they can have, they could certainly be in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, in, honestly, if I had to put money down, I would honest, I would think it'd be Berger, just based off of tradition. Like, I, th- I think mm-hmm. that Wisconsin gets uh, a little bit of a, a look there and think, oh, okay, yeah. Um, because, I mean, you look across college football, there's some, there's some good running backs. You've got Brees Hall, you've got Brian Robinson, you've got Kennedy Brooks, you've got Tank Bigsby, but you don't necessarily have the guy where you have Najee Harris where it's like, yep, that's the dude who's going to win it. It doesn't matter what happens. He's going to go bananas and win it this year. They don't have that. And, and so I think Berger, just given the fact that he's, if as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get his touches. Wisconsin's going to run the ball. And um, we saw glimpses of that last year. I think if I was putting money, he'd probably be the guy. Um, personally, but but I do think that I, I don't see any of the three going out and winning that award this year. Um, but it but it's still exciting for them and and really a cool opportunity for them in a lot of ways, which you got to be happy for. Yeah, I think that's certainly fair. College football right now is, is it, and a lot of those skill positions is looking for the next guy to take that take the reins. You know, your quarterbacks. Uh, of course, Trevor Lawrence was that guy, and, you know, in the running back, you had Najee Harris. And now all of a sudden you're looking at this year with a lot of these teams, there's, there's not maybe that superstar. There's, there's names that you can look at, um, but there's not necessarily that dominating and imposing figure, which I think should make for a really exciting college football season overall. But um, the next piece of news, one thing we were going to touch on that we don't have in our outline is the recent news with um, uh, Texas and Oklahoma, possibly some rumblings of them joining the Big 12, and of course we're a Badger podcast, we're a Big 10 podcast, but I think that's certainly interesting because it possibly creates some ripple effects to look at college football expansion as a whole. You know, this, you know, the, the two dominoes of Texas and Oklahoma possibly going to the SEC would create some serious power struggles um, for, for the Big 12 because that's your two marquee names possibly jump and ship. What happens to the Big 12? This is the Big 10 also all of a sudden look at expansion these things can kind of have a domino effect. It's been a long time since you've seen some serious college football um, conference expansion, but as teams start to make these rumblings happen, I think it makes all the other teams in the Big 12 uh, start to worry about the two of their you know, premier programs jumping ship, what, means, what it means for the future of their conference. So what did you make of that storyline? Because I think that was a fascinating one that started trickling out of the final days of the SEC and Big 12 media days. I think it's um, I, I think it's a complete long shot that anything like that ever happens. Um, but um, and and who knows what you know if this actually has any legs whatsoever. Um, but I do think it's it's fascinating simply from the standpoint of why would you do that if you're Oklahoma or Texas? Mm-hmm. Um, because right now you're going to a 12 team playoff. That's like the Big 12. It's you have one of the easier paths to get to. Um, the playoff right now, you're at the equal playing field across across your your major conferences. So why would you risk that by going to a conference where you're going to be stuck in the West? I don't see them putting uh, a team that's you know that far west in the 
in the SEC East where you'd maybe have a little easier route. Instead, you'd have to be going through Alabama every year. Um, and that's just stupid in a lot of ways. And the Longhorn Network, they've got their own network. I just don't see it happening. But I do think that um, it's one of those things where if that's something they want, if if they're looking and trying to, you know, break apart the big Big 12, it definitely would have implications for the Big 10 because I could see the Big 10 getting involved and in trying to grab uh, another couple teams, whether that be an Oklahoma State in an Iowa State or something like that. Um, I thought I saw that if Oklahoma wants to leave, Oklahoma State also has to leave. Like there's like some state legislation mm-hmm. stuff in, in there. Okay. So I, I think there's this is, you know, way ahead. But I do think that this is indicative of that there might be some changes on the horizon in the next few years as it gets closer to the unveiling of that 12-team playoff where teams start um, maybe jockeying for position and, and trying to get themselves prepared for that. Um, and there's a bunch of media rights deals that are up for grabs here soon, and the Big 12 is not great if you're anybody but um, Texas. Yeah, it's certainly fascinating. I mean, I, I am always one that you know, when you start talking conference changes and expansions, I've always been a fan of it. I think anyone who played NCAA, um, when you could tinker and do it yourself, those few years that they had that in the game, um, it's always exciting to think about the possibilities of what schools could end up where and, and how you can change that and, and where things move around. I don't know if the move necessarily, like you said, makes a ton of sense, but maybe you just go to try and make this one power conference of the SEC, and with that 12-team playoff, maybe it's a little bit easier to get there. But uh, certainly fascinating that this is starting to rumble up kind of out of nowhere. You know, this was a storyline that just kind of um, picked up this morning from the, the Houston Chronicle. And as we, like you said, we have no idea if there's any legs to it, but it seems like if, if the powers of the Big 12 and SEC are, are mentioning it and talking about it, there might be some uh, conversations that have happened behind closed doors. So how it would play out would be fascinating if the Big Ten would go out and, and take um, and look to add any teams, you know, what where the Big 12 goes from there, whether they start adding, you know, the, the Houstons of the world teams uh, in some of those uh, group of five conferences is always an uh, exciting time. So I, I would think right now it doesn't seem something that's likely, but it's clear that uh, maybe Texas and Oklahoma are a little bit disgruntled um, and, and looking for a possible escape and will uh, certainly a storyline to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I, it'd be, I think if, if you see that, oh, this is serious, like, right, like that Oklahoma and Texas are disgruntled, they want out, I wouldn't be surprised if the Big Ten's like, hey, we want to come here as well. Like, mm-hmm. it, it would make a ton of sense for them to, you know, broaden their footprint into Texas, broaden their footprint a little more westward, bring in one of the top teams. I mean, Wisconsin and Oklahoma fighting for the West, each year that would balance things out a little bit more in the in the conference, but um, I, I don't I don't necessarily see anything like that happening. But it's just it's silly season. It's the middle of you know it's the doldrums of summer, so these are the things that pop up. But I do think there's going to be more conversations like this the closer it gets to that 12 team playoff. Yeah, it's it's a crazy time in college football for sure with all these changes possibly happening, and of course the playoff changes. Um, likely, you know, I would say pretty much all of it, a guarantee coming down the pipe that way. So interesting storyline to keep an eye on as we move forward. All right, so we talked a little Bucks at the beginning. We'll talk about, you know, we, we kind of ranted and raved. We had our, our moment to you know, be excited. I think the excitement is, is still very much there. The reality still kind of hasn't hit me um, that the Bucks are, of course, the NBA championship champions. But it was so nice for a team from Wisconsin to to get over the hump. I know my uh, – 
My cover photo on Twitter for the longest time was just a list of Wisconsin sports teams and these brutal losses that they've had over the years. So for the Bucks to be the team that gets over the hump is is really exciting. And I, I think the the fans that, that have root for um, the Bucks or just Wisconsin sports in general greatly deserve uh, this title. I know the Packers winning that Super Bowl years ago um, was awesome as well, but it feels like such a distant memory at this point. Maybe we're spoiled as Packer fans to think that, but it, it kind of led us both to thinking about what will it take to get Wisconsin to win that coveted big game, You know, whether it be a Big Ten title uh, once again or a national championship. I think national championships, of course, much further away, especially right now in, in college football with the, the, the power of the Alabamas, the Clemsons. It's going to be hard to, of course, knock them off. Um, you can see it a little bit more in college basketball because you can just get hot on the run. But I would say for Wisconsin's sake, I would say they're even maybe further away in college basketball than, um, than college football right now just with where Wisconsin's at in terms of the personnel. So it's an interesting conversation. You always want your team to eventually win that championship. And when they do, it's, it's super exciting and great. But um, what do you think is maybe some main thing you're looking for for Wisconsin to possibly – make that leap, whether it be just a Big Ten title. I know we, I think Wisconsin fans want more than a Big Ten title, but right now it's, it's been a little while. So what would be the, the thing that, in your eyes, gets them to that next level, whether it be into the playoff or, or something like that, um, to take that next step beyond where they've been? Yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a Big Ten title because you, you look at Wisconsin winning the Big Ten title, it's, you're, you're coming on almost 10 years here. Right, like this, the last time that they won a Big Ten title, their head coach is is was Brett Bielma, who's now at Illinois. Um, and so you're looking at 2011, 2012, great seasons. Um, they they weren't able to take care of business in the Rose Bowl. Um, 2010, you can you can say as well. I mean, that was it was an incredible run. Um, but I, I just think that when you're you're thinking about getting to the Big Ten championship. And I'm just going to look at it from this year specifically and, and what they need to do. I, you look at their schedule, they have the schedule to, to do it, right? Like they could easily um, – I, I think somebody was posted that on ESPN's FPI, which is, you know, it's a, it's a metric that they use, uh, Wisconsin's favorite in all their games, and, and Penn State is the only game that's really anywhere close to that 50-50 um, spot. Wisconsin is favored – in all of their games, including that Notre Dame game. So I think if, if you see them run the table in, in the regular season, and I, I, I was talking to a friend just yesterday that I think that opener against Penn State is the most important game uh, for the entire season because it's just a momentum setter and it really just kind of, you know, gets things moving for you against a, a really top-tier team. But I think for me, if, if you want to see the Badgers this year – Go ahead and, you know, get over that hump, similar to what the Bucks did, where they went ahead and, you know, exercised their demons and, and won everything. For the Badgers to get to the point where they're winning the Big Ten title, which in this case, you're beating Ohio State, right? Like that's, you're good, you just might as well plan that that's who you're going to have to go through. And then you're going to the playoff. I think what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to have a huge season from Graham Mertz. I, I just, I think you're going to have to have a huge season from Graham Mertz. And you're going to need at least two of the wide receivers to really step up. Um, and, and, and I don't mean like step up a little bit. I mean like you need 
one guy to be Quintez Cephas like and the other one to be a notch above that. So you basically need like Tim Ray DK to to show out and be a top of the Big Ten type of wide receiver, and then Danny Davis or Kendrick Pryor or the two of them to be able to do a lot of what Cephas did because that's what it takes right now. When you look at the landscape of college football is you've got to have dudes outside and Ferguson's really talented. So that's one aspect that they have. So maybe you can just need one of those wide receivers to be uh, uh, really, really talented. But I do think you need weapons on the outside and you need the dude at quarterback who's going to be able to take things over and, you know, just be a slayer. You, you, Far too often you've got the bus drivers and, you, and then you've got guys who are actually going out there and slaying dragons, and that's what that you need. And I don't know if Graham Mertz is that, right? Like, we haven't we haven't seen that. We saw him play really good against a really bad Illinois team. But I think if they want it this year, it's going to have to be Graham Mertz takes a huge step. They've got weapons on the outside to, to make plays, and their running backs are good. Because I think the defense, for the most part, I do think their secondary needs to be a little bit better, um, especially at cornerback. But overall, I think that Jim Leonard can scheme his way to a really good defense. Teams win national titles now because of their offense. You have to have a good, really good defense, but you have to have an amazing offense. And Wisconsin, we we saw very, very far away from that last year. Um, so I think just on offense, you've got to you've got to see them take a really huge step in order to get to a point where you're going to take down Ohio State. And special teams can't come back to you know f and bite you year in and year out in that in those moments either. No, that's an important underlying key for sure. And I think the the points that you mentioned are all all very valid. I, I think Wisconsin, in terms of the guys that um, you mentioned, I think they have the the athletic ability and the physical capabilities to be what what they need to be to to of course get over that hump. I think offensively, you you have to see vast improvements, but I think you will just based on where this team is at and and where they're moving towards in terms of Paul Chris taking the offense back over things starting to develop really well for them when you get over the when you get to that point you know you should feel comfortable with the west you, you've got Ohio State in the east but if there's a year to to knock them off it, it's probably this year coming into it of course Justin Fields off the NFL you've got uh, I, I believe the Ohio State defense lost probably six of their top seven tacklers. They lost a lot of defensive guys. They've got, of course, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson back, so they've got great wide receivers where you mentioned the Badger cornerbacks. That would be a, a big test for them uh, for sure. But I think if there's a year to, to get over that hump, it just based on what you've got going into the season, now, like you mentioned, you've got to have some serious improvements offensively. You, If you expect that, you feel pretty comfortable with them possibly getting over that, and then it's coming down to, to winning these games. I mean, Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game has had some brutal losses in games that they should have probably won, so uh, it's not like they're that that far away. I mean, last year with, with Ohio State, the last couple of years, they've just been um, world beaters. They've got some incredible athletes that have gone on to the NFL. Now, all of a sudden, they come up with a little bit more question marks. Penn State's got some question marks. Maybe they can knock them off. All of a sudden, you're looking at Michigan kind of being a team that you no longer expect to be in that running. So I think in terms of how far it is to be wide open, it's a lot more wide open this year than years past. And there's no doubt Ohio State will reload and likely be the team to be there. But Wisconsin, if they can improve at the spots that they need to, I think it's certainly 
make that leap to winning a, a Big Ten title and getting back to that. Because like you mentioned, it's it's been almost a decade now, and, and that's uh, too long for, for a program that uh, is, is high quality as, as Wisconsin is. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's been consistent year in and year out. Last year was not great, obviously. But you, you look at their schedule, it sets up to be able to do it. You, I think another key aspect here is that you've got you to stay healthy. Um, you, you look at a lot of the big games, Wisconsin's gone into some of those Big Ten championships, and key injuries have killed them. You know, Chris Orr going down, um, defensive line in that, that game in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, against Penn State, and you had Luburn Figaro getting burned. So that kind of goes back to the cornerback talk as well. I think secondary-wise, they're in a better spot than they have been, and and so I don't have as much worries about that, but I do think they need to continue to elevate that if they want to make a run at a national title down the line. But I do think that staying healthy, and then I'm a big proponent of when you're in the biggest game, when you're going up against um, Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, and it's and it's all or nothing, right? Like, it's at that point, it doesn't matter if, if you get, you know, smacked or if you lose by one or if it, it, it doesn't matter. You just need to win. I think you put your best players out there, and that's something that we've seen kill them at times in in big games is in special teams. They, they maybe don't have their best players out there, and then the speed and skill of some random guy um, from Ohio State or Penn State is able to take over a game on a kickoff return or a punt return or – um, you know, some quirky play. I think that's another thing that you want your best out there so that that doesn't happen. Um, and, and I know that that also cuts against the injury. But I do think that Wisconsin needs to really just sell out and go for it And if they're in those games by playing their best players. But it also needs to be playing smart on special teams because that's, that's been a place that has absolutely crushed them Um in in those big moments is the special teams and I don't want to run down memory lane from there because that's just you know depressing as hell but I do think that Wisconsin has pieces to make a run for a Big Ten title they need some breaks you always do but you and you got to stay healthy but the offense is really the the key thing this year that would need to dramatically shift yeah for sure I mean you gotta you gotta like what you have on defense you you like the pieces that you have on offense but you've got to see a lot more from them as they move forward. So certainly a fascinating conversation when you look at Wisconsin as a whole. Uh, I think college football as a whole is, is a little bit more wide open this year where some excitement could happen. Maybe you see some different names and teams in the running, but uh, there's no doubt that the big dogs of you know the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the, the Georgias, you know, a te- another team looking to get over the hump uh, comes in really talented. But I think this this year is going to be a fascinating one in college football and, and certainly in the Big Ten because it's it's also open in that regard um, with with teams that can that have the path and and have the schedule and have the players. It's just about coming out and executing um, and being better on certain sides of the ball, staying healthy, all those things, cutting down on mistakes. But I think that Wisconsin fans, you have to feel good about what you've got. It's just now getting to that point and of course getting over the hump because like I said earlier, they've they've been in those games. Each of the last three Big Ten title games they've been in, it's just it's flipped on a moment's notice. It's a few plays here and there. So it feels like a big gap, and it certainly was at times with Ohio State, but I think Wisconsin has the ability and the capabilities to um, propel themselves to that next level and, and get over that uh, Big Ten uh, nightmare that they've had in Indianapolis, that House of Horrors, Lucas Oil Field, or Lucas Oil Stadium. 
yeah, it's 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 not great, but they've they've got the <laughs> talent, and I'm I'm excited to see this year's team because there is uncertainty on offense, and, but I do think that they're going to be better in a lot of ways. All right, that wraps up our interesting little conversation, guys. So why don't we we'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way here now, and then we'll get into our interview with 2022 safety commit Austin Brown. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest, 2022 Wisconsin football commit Austin Brown out of Johnson City, Illinois, one of the uh, strong members of this 2022 class that's starting to come together. Austin, thanks for joining us, first of all. How are you today, and uh, what? Uh, how excited are you to be part of the Badger family? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, my day's going pretty good. I just got done with the workout, you know, just – Sitting home, relaxing right now, and uh, it's awesome, without a doubt. Can't wait to get to Madison. I know Wisconsin fans are extremely excited for you coming to Madison as well. Um, we usually start off our interviews here talking a little strengths and weaknesses. So right away, what are some of the strengths of your game as you see them? Uh, strengths, I would say, one is uh, I'm a very good hitter. I'm good at tracking the ball. I got good ball skills. I play on both sides, so I, you know, it's, it, you get a you get insight on both sides. You know, you, you know what receivers are thinking, what quarterbacks are looking for. Since uh, you know, my past few years, I played quarterback on offense as well at my school, but uh, now I'm transitioning to a slot receiver. So, I got the I got the mindset of a receiver and a quarterback, and you know, di- many different uh, situations. So that that helps on the defense side of the ball. Um, you know, I just I, I love playing the game too, without a doubt. You know, I'm pretty I'm fast. And you know, I just enjoy being out on the field, so I'm going to get 110 every time I'm out there. I think that's a great answer. Austin, on the flip side, what is something that you're maybe working on trying to get better uh, before you take your game to the next level? Uh, probably just man coverage. I don't do it a lot. We don't play a lot of lock man. We play in the red zone a little bit on my team. But uh, overall, probably just playing a lot of man coverage, trying to learn you know different techniques, stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's really everything. You know, I mean, I, don't, I couldn't really say any weaknesses. Maybe, like, keep my pad level down when I do, like, when I transition in different directions, stuff like that. It's a little small, like, things I can tweak or whatever. But uh, really just uh, any aspect of playing defensive back, you know, just trying to amplify everything. And then, uh, you know, the little things I kind of see on tape, like I said, like pad level and open my hips up more, stuff like that. You know, I'll just come with more uh, more practice, more reps. Makes sense. Um, you said you were just getting done with the workout. Um, where are you at these days in terms of, like, height, weight, maybe even, like, 40 time if you've been working on that? Right. Um Height, I'm six foot and a half. I'm six one. I mean, I'm never I'm six one, pretty legit. Uh, weight wise, I'm one ninety to one ninety five. I think I, I weighed in uh, yesterday. What football was like one ninety three point eight or something like that. But I look, it fluctuates anywhere from one ninety one ninety five. Uh, and forty time. The last time I ran a forty, me and my friends, we were like timing each other on a stopwatch. And I, the fastest time I got was a four four six. But like I said, I was not like an official dude time. It's when me and my buddies were timing each other. Hopefully you got that. Cooking, though. (laughs) That is cooking. Yeah, for sure. It was going a little bit. Yeah, you got a little bit of a a buddy bump with your friends holding that stopwatch, cooking it a little early to make it look a little bit. I hope he he was being honest. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I hope he was. Um, That's what I see. I don't think he was. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Well, let's let's get into yourself as a player. I know you talked about strengths and things you're trying to work on. As a safety, I know there's a lot of quality guys out there at the NFL level. Is there any player that you watch and, and try to maybe you know pick up things on film or mold your game after at either maybe the college level or the NFL level? 
Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a select few guys, honestly. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Seahawks fan, so, I mean, I watch Jamal Adams, bro. He's, he's a dog. He doesn't really play much in covers like that. He's kind of like a – almost like a linebacker. But, like, I like to take the way he, like, he goes to the ball, the way he hits people. I always try to take notes on that and how explosive he is around the ball. Um, I like to watch a lot of older guys, too, like Ronnie Lott. Like, for every football game, I watch Ronnie Lott highlights. Just the way he hits, the way he can cover. You know, he just sees this at everything. I love that. And then uh, Ed Reed, like, you got to watch Ed Reed, for real. Like, just the way he know how to track the ball, the way he just disguise things, confuse the quarterback. You know, those are those are the top three guys I watch the most, definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a quality list right there. Um, kind of shifting to your recruitment a little bit, you took an official to Madison right away at the beginning of June. What was that experience like, and what was maybe your favorite aspect? Uh, really? I mean, like, like I said, it was my first visit, so me, it was me and my mom who went up there, and, uh, man, it was, it was awesome, you know, Madison's a beautiful, beautiful city, uh, we said there's a lot of, there's, like, I love water, you know what I'm saying, there's so many lakes and stuff around there, that's, that's awesome to me, uh, just got a really good feel for the city, you know, walking around, getting tours, stuff like that, got to, you know, see, uh, everyone in the city, so that, that was neat, got along with a lot of the players, you know, so, uh, the biggest thing that really stood out to me was, like, it was, it just, like, a really, a good family orientated team. Like everyone's been really close. You know, it didn't seem like it was fake love at all. It all seemed pretty genuine. So it's me, me and my mom, but we really enjoyed that. Well, I was going to say, you kind of hit on it a little bit already, but you had a strong offer list with a variety of Big Ten schools. Was that family feel kind of the difference between uh, a lot of those places and what really elevated Wisconsin in your mind? I mean, some aspects. I mean, I feel like most of the places I went to, I mean, all of them really, I didn't really get a, you know, bad, like, I was kind of fake love, really, and I, I felt like it was all pretty strong at every school. But, like, it was just a little something different. Like, I don't know, I just felt it, like, and a lot of kids, like, in my recruiting class, like the 22 class, like, I've been really close with them. I talked to them a lot. And so being able to see some of them on those visits, you know, and uh, you know, Miles Burkett, you know, he's been committed there for a while. You no, know, he was there. We chopped it up. We were playing bags and stuff. So that was, that was that was one thing. I was already really close to a lot of the recruits in my class. And then, uh, but overall, I'd probably say I definitely felt, I guess, the most probably at Wisconsin, you'd say. Um, as a recruit, it seems like you were one of the top targets for Bobby April and Jim Leonard, you know, from the jump. How have you gotten to know them, and what has their message been like to you? I just got done talking to Coach uh, April, too, earlier before workout. But, um, no, uh, so they just, they always, you know, they, they said they love, they love my tape, obviously. Um, they love, you know, they, you, you talk to people on the phone, you kind of get to know them a little bit. I mean, it's not like, you know, anything in person, so, like, you know, we talked over the phone for all the times, you know, with all the COVID stuff. So we always just talked about different things. Coach Leonard always, you know, pick his brains on different what questions I had coming up. And, you know, he's, he's smart. Dude. That's one thing I love about Coach Leonard, man. He is smart. You ask almost like anyone that knows college football, they're going to say, like, he's a smart dude and he's, like, one of the best even coordinators in college football. So that's one thing about him. Every time you, you talk to him, you're going to get a good, honest answer that's, you know, I feel like it's 100%, you know, pretty, pretty, it's pretty good stuff to take in without a doubt. And then, uh, you know, going on that visit, I got to, you know, sit down with them, actually, you know, get some one-on-one time with them, you know, talk to Coach April. So that was just – that was real good. And they just, you know, they um, – Wisconsin's known for defense, you know what I'm saying? So they always – they want guys that will go in there and work, they'll get down and gritty and just come in there and, you know, play defense, you know, and uh, keep that tradition strong without a doubt. It's certainly a strong tradition. Jim Leonard being at the head of it um, is, is pretty exciting to, to certainly roll and, and play for him. Did he, did he kind of say anything about the, your role in the defense or what he kind of saw for you as you continue and move up to the next level? He said he saw me uh, doing a variety of things in the safety position, you know, playing the deep post, coming off the edge, blitzing. 
uh, you know, guarding tight ends, anything. He seemed he seemed like I could do anything. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. I didn't must and I could do anything. But he told me he seen me uh, doing a variety of things in defense without a doubt, playing the safety spots, both safety spots. Yeah. Awesome. In in terms of when you get to Madison, when you get to Wisconsin, do you have any idea of what you're planning on majoring in? Uh, I mean, I've kind of like it's kind of up in the air, really. I mean, I'm, I was in the construction management route for a little bit, but uh, I like writing and I like uh, I feel like I'm a decent, you know, public speaker and I like sports, so possibly something like uh, maybe like sports broadcasting, sports journalism, construction management, something like that. Maybe we need to like add a, a third a third team member to this uh, podcast if you want to hop back on. You are pretty well spoken for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. Um, do you plan on early enrolling or, or joining the team uh, next summer when you get to when you come to campus? As of right now, so I, uh, at my school, no one's actually ever early enrolled before. So uh, right now, they're trying to figure something out. So the plan is yes, I, I do plan on early enrolling. Uh, but as of right now, yeah, that's that's the plan. You know, if something doesn't happen, then obviously I won't. But uh, you know, that's the plan. Early enroll, for sure. The 2021 recruiting class is one of the best that Wisconsin's brought in. It's a really tight-knit group. Uh, you know, they had a, a group chat going on, and I know the 2022 group has that as well. How has yeah, that yeah. bond grown with you guys, and which guys have you gotten to know the best? For sure. Uh, that Curtis, Neil, that's my dude, man. Uh, me and Miles, he's always, he's always talked about it. Ever since Wisconsin offered he's always been talking to me for real. So, man, we, we were always talking about just different things in general. We were always talking about basketball, like, you know, the Bucks and stuff. Miles, he's a big Bucks guy, so he's always talking about them. 24-7, we're always talking about ball. Uh, you know, Joe, he's hilarious. He kills me. Uh, yeah, like I said, we have a yeah, group chat, too, so it's always just different things. And it's like not even like really ever about football stuff. It's always just about, you know, what we're doing. You know, a lot of it's about basketball and all current stuff like that. So you just get a you just get a different feel for, like, what everyone else thinks on, like, their opinions on everything else other than football. So that's, that's one reason I like it for sure. Well, now that you're part of that group, I know putting the recruiter hat on was a job for a lot of those guys. I know Miles being one of the first year, the first member of that class was certainly getting to know everybody to try and get them to campus. Are there any guys that you've been speaking with and hopes to try and bring them to, uh, to Madison with you? A few, a few, but uh, and I'm freaking on the down low a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, there's definitely a few. I've been trying to try and get under the belt, definitely. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you. Anything else that you'd want to add or let fans know about you and your game before you get to Madison? Uh, I'm just, no, I'm pretty like I'm not gonna say anything dumb, but uh, this the fans, <laughs> fans they can know that we're gonna get a dude that's gonna give 110 percent every day to be his best, and uh, I'm gonna go out there and you know, give everything I got, you know. So let them know that, you know, and on Wisconsin, go Badgers, baby. That's all you could ask for as a Badger fan. Well, awesome. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know our listeners will really enjoy hearing from you. Badger fans, we hope you uh, enjoyed listening to Austin in this conversation. Uh, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. And as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.